0: You know, Noah was born about a thousand years after Adam. He's the Mm -hmm. 10th generation. The only righteous man in his time is how he's described. So we know that the belief in a coming Messiah had vanished except for him. So they're not focused anymore on that. Then Job and his three comforters knew about it, read some of those verses. He knew about it after the flood. So I know that my Redeemer lives. Think about this one. And that in the end, he will stand on the earth. And After my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh will I see God? I myself will see him with my own eyes. I am not another. How my heart yearns within me. That's probably the first book of the Bible that was ever written was Job. Mm. So, how? How does Noah, how does Job, and, and Abraham was a contemporary of Job's. About 400 years after the flood, Noah was still alive at this time. So God promised Abraham he would have a son, and even changed his name to Abraham, and he and Sarah were around 100 when Isaac was finally born. Then in Genesis 22, we read what seems like an intensely disturbing command by God for Abraham to sacrifice his son that he just waited for, and how does he not question God's command? Why not? Did Abraham know the Messiah had to be sacrificed and then would be resurrected? Did he believe his son was that sacrifice? Mm. How do all these ancient saints have this profound understanding of the gospel and are able to hold on to unshakable faith for you know a hundred years and we can't make it you know 10 minutes what in the world had god revealed his plans and his creation especially in the stars and the answer of course is yes and he did it during the month of elul almost 5783 years ago the story that jesus wrote on the stars begins as the sun passes across the Virgin constellation, which remarkably happens when in the springtime—that's odd thing, huh? So we know the constellation Virgo. That's not her original name; it was Bethula. That means shocker here: Virgin. The Virgin is the most interesting of all the constellations God created, at least to me. She's holding a branch in her hand and a baby on her lap. Now, if you're looking up at the stars, and you're just going to name this, you could say, okay, a woman holding a baby. Mm-hmm. Easy, right? Yeah. Holding a branch. Not sure why she's doing that. Block on the sun. Okay, good. Bethula is Hebrew for virgin. The constellation is called many names all around the world, but they all mean Virgin. In the 8th century, an Arabian astronomer named Albumazar described Bethula as a young woman whose Persian name denotes a pure virgin sitting on a throne, nourishing an infant boy, having a Hebrew name, which in Greek is called Christos. Uh, it's only interesting because Albumazar was a Muslim. So, what in the world? The ancient name of the topmost star, and as this looks like a person, obviously, the topmost star in that constellation means the sent one. The first and brightest star in Bethula. the Romans called Spica, or Spica. And its original Hebrew name is Zara. Do you remember that mentioned that word earlier? That's the word that means seed. Mm. The very word that was at the heart of God's first promise to redeem mankind, Zara. And you might remember a lady by the name of Sarah. Who was Abraham was told, "Look up the stars, count them." But the counting doesn't mean count them, count them. It means tell the story. That's a different word in Hebrew. Genesis 3:15 or Genesis 3:15, and I'll put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So on day 16, when Adam and Eve fell, I believe it was day 16. No proof. I wasn't there. But God had already written their story in the stars. In Isaiah 7, the prophet tells Ahaz, Ask for a sign from God, either from the depths, the ocean, or from the height above, the heavens or the stars. is that, right? Ahaz refuses, but Isaiah says, God will give you a sign. And God chose the heavens, about which Isaiah said, Jehovah himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. So they're already in a conversation about the stars... ...and they're pointing at this constellation. Now the other interesting thing... ...you have the Virgin, Bethula the Vir- Virgo or the Bethula... ...the constellation Coma. The Hebrew name means the desired or longed for. That's the baby sitting on the lap there. Other Middle Eastern nations refer to it in their language... ...with titles like Lord, King, and Great Son. So the Virgin is in all these languages... This woman is a virgin and she's holding a very um, a future lord king and great son. Haggai uses the word of that coma word speaking of the Messiah, Messiah the desire of all nations will come. Mm. Mythology disparaged coma by removing the h on the end so that in Greek and Latin it became like looks like comma in our language coma the word for hair. So when you take off the "head" on that word, it's hair. Before that, it's be- it's the Son of God. It's the King. Hmm. So Greek didn't help that one. In Genesis 15, Abraham Abram is overwhelmed because he doesn't have a son, even though God promises he'd have a son. So the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. He took him outside and said, "Look up the sky and tell the stars." That's how it actually says, "Tell the stars." If indeed you can count them. Most Bibles say count the stars, but the early version said tell the stars. So if you go back and look in the ASV, I think, and that's the correct word. The word translated from Hebrew as count in modern version is safar. It means recounting something or telling a story. So it does, There you could say count, but that's not what it's talking about. God isn't telling Abraham to count the stars. He's telling him to tell the story that is written in the stars, which is passed on from the beginning. Hmm. So Abraham looks up at the virgin constellation probably begins to recount the story that was passed down since the garden. The virgin will give birth. Now, I imagine about this time it occurred to him that God's plan was for a virgin to have a son. Then it was also possible for a barren old woman to bear a son, right? Maybe Abraham looked at the first star, the brightest star, and says the story starts with Zara, a seed. And Of course, he's looks at his wife and go, goes, wait. Uh, <laughs> then God said to him, so shall your seeds, so shall your seed be. God is saying your seed will produce the Messiah. So obviously by the time they came to having to decide about Isaac, there's every reason he could think that he was about to birth the Messiah there too. God wasn't just saying you're gonna have a son. He was saying you're going to have a son who will start the lineage that will produce the seed. The other stars in Bethulah continue the amazing story. One star means literally beautiful Lord. (laughs) Another star means one sent forth or the sent one. And still another means branch. And Isaiah 4-2 is one of the most distinctive scriptures about the Messiah. And that day, the branch of Jehovah shall be beautiful and glorious. The branch, or Messiah, is to come as the seed of the virgin. And that's even in Jewish, even recognize that. That's why they don't like it when we call Jesus the branch. So, obviously, that's the first constellation, so it's hard to end up the first constellation. But we've already taken enough time today. So, I'll put all this up in... Uh, the blog as well as later as well as on the podcast and when I come back on about 30 days from today when the fall begins with Rosh Hashanah I may try to jump back into this if we have enough time this is some really really good stuff it's Interesting. And, I, and again pointing out how much the father wants us to know him he put it in the stars <laughs> whoo